Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. Got a special episode uh, today. I uh, finally getting to connect with someone who I would say is a, is a good friend online, Andrew, uh, who you might know as Sneaker Preservation Society on Instagram. Uh, one of the accounts that I'd love to see in my feed because, Andrew, you do an incredible job of literally that, preserving the sneakers and the stories behind them. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, with sneaker history, we're always trying to do, and we're always trying to find ways to do that. Um, so welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Um, it's been a long time. We've been in touch, just never connected face-to-face. Yeah, Excited yeah. To be here. So how, how, I guess like the best thing would be uh, give a little background on yourself and, and, you know, what you do and how you got into sneakers uh, you know, back in the day, because like I want to get into kind of some of the some of the nuanced stuff that you collect and and you know share on your on your page, because even amongst like the uh, you know the OG support group and amongst the older collectors, you have a very like a lot of like very specific stuff that I think most people probably don't even remember at this point. So I guess get, share a little bit about your background, and then we'll get into that. So, um, so I, I started off, uh, 88-ish, um, my best friend's dad, um, he had the Air Trainer 1 chlorophyll, the, uh, Air Tech Challenge 1, which is the, uh, white, blue, and magenta, and then my best friend, he ended up getting the Air Trainer SC2 with that weird, like, insert ankle support in the navy and uh infrared so that really like kind of got me started like okay i better start paying attention to sneakers because these are pretty cool um and then you know as a kid i kind of started playing tennis in about 90 so the air tech challenge 2 hot lava and played all the way through high school um and i just I've always, I always had that one pair of shoes I was allowed, allowed to get every year, and, and year over year it would be the, the challenge. So, um, stepped out of sneakers from like '97 to 2000, and then uh, one day I was, I had moved up to San Francisco in 1998, um, and I walked into Nike Town in San Francisco, and I saw the Ray Allen. 2000 Olympic Jordan 6. So, ah, I've always liked the Jordan 6, and that's a pretty cool colorway. It's Olympic, you know. 92 to 96, there was just a really big push for U- Team USA, like, like yeah. the logo and everything. And um, and so, you know, I always, like, had this, well, I always used to rock the USA stuff in, in 92, uh, 96. And then uh, I saw those Jordan ones. 
And that's literally the shoe that restarted my whole collection. So, um, yeah, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm very much attached to the tennis um, genre simply because I lived it, I played it. Um, but most of my collection, most of my archive is, is um, targeted to stuff that personal experience or um, it means something to me. Like, it's not just because I read about it somewhere. Yeah. Like, like the model or the shoe itself, like speaks directly to me. So that's, that's kind of my, my, my story. So. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy too. Like I, I didn't even think about, you know, like the Olympics just team USA from that like dream team era. Right. And it wasn't even just basketball, right? Like you were watching the Olympics back then. Like, you know, no, no. you were just a fan of every yeah. sport you could be of the Olympics even. I mean, there's a big Dan, Dan and Dave campaign, the Dan O'Brien. Yep. Um, and they're like the head to head. And I was like, you know, there's a huge marketing machine behind it. And, you know, you, 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 you wanted to watch the Olympics. You know? And so yeah. Yeah, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun and exciting time. So one of the, uh, I'll grab this right here. First Jordans I ever, ever laid eyes on that I had to have. Yeah. The, uh, sevens. So I started working at Foot Locker in 1993. And my manager had a pair of the Olympic sevens in a box on layaway just sitting there and i was like that is like the most awesome like olympic tribute and you know like jordan's taken off he won his first two championships and you know dream team and you're like oh so yeah that, that, yeah. that was actually a grail pair that i, I hunted down so yeah it's 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 uh it's interesting too because like i so i forget where the conversation happened but um, like recently someone at, like we started talking about like the kind of levels of like popularity. Right. And it's almost like everything is drowned out now because social media is just too much. Right. You, you know, as much as LeBron is like the king of the NBA right now and, you know, all over the place, like Jordan and the bulls and then the dream team on top of it going overseas and, all of that stuff was like such a, it was like such a different time, right? It's almost like LeBron could never even hold up to that, you know, because Jordan was just like, almost like pioneering that international aspect of it. Right. But then on the flip side of it, you know, like the, like the Dan and Dave commercials, like thinking about like tennis specifically, right? Like these are guys that, that play all over the world anyway. Right. It's not like a, a, the sport is global. You know, where basketball was like, it was a global sport, but like the NBA was still the NBA and it was very much an Americanized, you know, sport, right? Which I think is something that I didn't really think about, but they were basically, we were basically talking about how, you know, like Jordan almost like, because none of it had been done and none of it had blown up to a global level yet, like those guys had such an advantage to even sell shoes overseas originally. But then like, I think now, we're seeing like this crazy diversification of, you know, uh, like player, you know, I would say like signature shoes for basketball, right? Like we have young guys fresh out of college that are getting deals with like 
brands all over the place, you know, and like we we're almost back to this, like, I, I would say like late nineties vibe where you have like all the, like the back of slam magazines and the, all those like small brands that were like, okay. And one comes up and they're like the first like small brand that becomes really successful. And then you've got like, you know, like, I mean, being a Kings fan, you got like Bobby Hurley and in the zone and like, these random ITV, weird brands ITV that people are trying, shorts, right? Man. That's, it's all yeah, yeah. Shorts. And you flip <laughs> yeah. them out, you have the blue and the yellow from the Michigan. <laughs> yep. Um, but it's yeah. crazy, right? Because like, we're just in such a different area. But, and that's why I think like, I, I've always wanted to like, just chop it up with you because the, I think like, like my goal with sneaker history is always like, just like finding the people that do what you do, right? Or or what I would do with like a Reebok question line, right? Like I have way too many Reebok questions. Like Iverson was my guy. Like I bought into him from the very get go and like just fully committed, you know, and like for better or worse, like it was a roller coaster ride as a fan, like all that stuff. But like, you know, there's definitely times where a Reebok question was like not a shoe that anybody cared about too, which is great for me because I could find it for cheaper and, you know, hunt them down afterwards yeah, if I yeah. miss them. Um, you, you, but you I think it's interesting because you put out a, a rare. I want to say you put out a rare Iverson in your sneaker battle with Drew. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I did. I got uh, uh, the uh, undefeated ones with with Drew. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And it's funny, right? Like that. Even doing that with with Drew, right? Like his story with the uh, what does he pull out? The Sharks. The like the football trainer or the yeah, football yeah, yeah, Nike, yeah, yeah. like uh, not yeah. the shark. It's a it's like a field general or something like that. Or yeah, yeah. But like the those are the stories one. that I love. Yeah, right. It's like those are the things, the nuance, right? So like I, I like ebb and flow from like wanting to consume all sneakers because I love the industry and being a part of it and working in it. Although it's been super up and down for the last year or two, it's like. I love working with all the brands. I love having a shoe from a brand that people don't pay much attention to because it gives me a reason to talk to people at those brands and learn and, you know, make friends there basically. Um, but then like, I also, I also don't have the time or knowledge to go getting into, you know, like, like we were talking about before we started recording, like baseball shoes, right? Like I'm a huge baseball fan. Like I, I at times go deep into that. I have, I have like a bunch of random stuff in in the closet that's I haven't looked at in years, to be honest. But like, where it was like, oh, I could get, you know, somebody's cleats from the All Star game back in like two thousand two or something, or two thousand one or something. And like, it's nothing special, but to me, it's special because I like that story, and I like, oh, I can remember watching that All Star game or something like that. So, how how does that work for you in terms of like? You know, you mentioned like being a big tennis player uh, during high school. Like, how do you, you know, how do you approach like the the, the Agassi stuff? That's my favorite. You know, just from watching you post because you you literally have people finding colorways that I didn't know existed. You know, like the the stuff that just like is totally random to me as like the I guess like the fan that only got to see the like marketed stuff almost. Yeah. I, I do a lot of targeted searches for my 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 OG pairs, my vintage pairs, and some of the uh, select retros. The color has to kind of like vibe with me. Like I I'm not I didn't go out and buy like the blue and sprite colored 
women's version. It just didn't jump at me. But um, the the Air Tech Challenge was kind of interesting to me because it started off that that whole like 90, it really played on that 90s like fluorescent vibe, that that, that rage at the time. And as a, on the consumer side, you only saw two or three different colorways. You had like the, the hot lava, obviously, but then you had like the pixel, which was like an homage to like, passing of the torch between the McEnroe and, and, and Agassi and McEnroe being the, the checkerboard and then it's a splatter pattern. Um, and then the other Nike staffers had the, the clay, clay and the Mandarin. But outside of that, you didn't really see too much of like the women's line, the lows and um, the limited edition. So, uh, you know, I, I I had that connection to the model. And when you come across like just a rare pair, and then you start to you start to trip out because you you don't think that they had that many colorways back in the day. Like the AirTech Challenge Three is insane. I've got probably seven or eight different colorways of the AirTech Challenge 3. And people know the bolt with the tennis ball in the back and then the mandarin yeah. purple uh, and, and a couple others. But the, I got one that, that looks like the Union Air Jordan 4 that just came out. Um, yeah. It's like that peachish, peachish pink and blue. And you, you, you're, you're tripping out and you're like, you know, and I like sharing those stories, like finding them in the randomest spot or like, somebody finding them on eBay and they're in the middle of France. France has an insane like underground of, of uh, vintage Nike and Adidas and the clock and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, you, you, you find them on the other side of the world. People aren't paying attention to it or they're not searching. They're only searching in domestic, they're not searching global and, you know, like oh, I got this for a steal, and you get to share that. And there's like an energy and a, and a behind it. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I, that's that's how I approach the air tech challenge stuff, even especially because I already have that personal connection to tennis and playing in that shoe as a kid. So yeah, what so what was it about Agassi when you know when you were a kid that? Well, I I guess I liked the fact that he was. I used to skateboard too, and then skateboard is you know your quote unquote anti-establishment sport, right? And Agassi yep. was that, you know, he was anti-country club. He was like, let's break the mold. Do I want to hang out with people that are uptight? Like, I don't, I wouldn't want to hang out, you know. So, but, I mean, yeah, he, he, yeah. He, he alluded to that in in some of the the recent Challenge Court um, capsule videos that Nike Court put out. And I was like, oh, I, you know, kind of rebel and get out there and do this thing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, I, I think that's what it was like. So my brother and I, you know, we, we were, I mean, my brother's pretty decent at, at tennis, but like, I was never really good at tennis and I, I like just stuck to baseball and, and it was, that was kind of the sport that I was actually good at. So I was like, well, all these other ones are just going to not get the time. Like I skateboarded, but I did nothing with a skateboard other than just like get around and hang out with a bunch of other people that were way better than me. So, um, but it, it is definitely what I related to with Agassi too. Like I just, I guess like kind of in the sense of why I related to, to Iverson too. Right. Just being like this, like, you know, just 
this is who who I am and this is who you're going to get. And like, I'm not going to conform to, you know, the, the rules that are supposed to exist. It's funny because I think like, I, and, and I love to hear what you think about this, but I, I look at the Agassi line now, right? And there's so much incredible stuff in that line. And, you know, in the broader of tennis shoes as a whole, right? But like the Agassi line specifically, and the attitude that I feel comes with those shoes and the bright colors and the like anti-establishment kind of vibe to me seems like would be an easy sell to the next generation or to like the, the kids that are feeling that way now. But I feel like we haven't really seen much of that much connection from those stories or anything. Right. And I wonder if like, that's, if that's because like Agassi moved away from being the public, I mean, he's back as a more of a public figure now, but he definitely had some years where it was like after tennis, like after, you know, competitive level tennis, let me take a break and I'll get back into the more fun stuff that they've been doing in, in, you know, the last five or six years. But I also just think that like, you know, Nike or you you could pick any brand, but like Nike specifically, they're so good at embracing those aspects of a person and an athlete that I just wonder why they haven't tried it again with, with either like representing that aspect of the story or, you know, with, with another athlete that's coming up. Right. Cause I almost feel like Agassi to, you know, and I don't want to take anything away from him because he was incredible to watch, but like he felt almost manufactured at that time too, because it was so in your face, right? Like the ads, the, 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 you know, the hair, the, you know, the colors, everything about it was just like, yeah, the wig, yeah, everything about it was just like, you know, just like, like, just go out there and, and stick it to the man kind of, right? You know, it's funny because I think you have guys like LeBron wearing the AirTech Challenge 2 in the, the black lava in the tunnel. And that was a weird release, you know, that was a weird release because it right at the start of like COVID and then they weren't getting their stuff from China. So I think only the small sizes came over and and the release was kind of weird. And then they did a surprise like second drop with the bigger sizes, which sold out in like two minutes. And I'm personally, I'm convinced that sneakers is sneakers clientele target demographic is bots they're not (laughs) an age group that's another story for another day um but uh you know they're not selling the story like they're not connecting the dots between the significance of the shoe and why you should pay attention to it like um and that's 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 what like, you see that in the low hanging fruit. Easiest example: Travis Scott follows LeBron James, puts on a pair of Mac attacks. All of yeah. a sudden, the Mac attack is like the biggest conversation in, in sneaker world. Um, and for the last fifteen years, nobody's given this Mac attack a second thought. I mean, there's yeah. just a boutique clientele the boutique connoisseur that 
likes the 80s Nike tennis. I mean, um, and, and the Macamo fans, but the back knock attack was basically for done. They're not saying John McEnroe is is a significant sports figure in, in history, and, and this is why. They're just like lazy marketing, viral marketing, free marketing. You know, I mean, it's well, if we retro this, guess what? Travis Scott wore it, so and, yeah. and that, that's so that's like the new story. But it's not the actual like his, historical story and historical context. And I, I I try to embrace a little bit more of the historical context, um, whether it be personal or actual like sports history. Um, when I try to, or or, or like yesterday, I, I posted the connection between sneakers and GI Joes, you know, from when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, like, like I said, then I don't think they're connecting the dots. They're, they're not. They're they're just they're not putting the money behind the the weeding Kennedy ads. Like the Red Hot Chili Peppers aren't playing in the commercials. And, <laughs> yep. Uh, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it, and and nobody really cares about. We joke about this amongst the tennis folks. Is that nobody cares about tennis? Yeah. The only reason why we cared about tennis in the nineties is because there was that rivalry i mean you had the two arguably the two best players maybe your three best players in the world but all three of them american you know courier sampras and uh and, and agassi right yep and you know they all kind of represented their own brand of tennis you know like pete sampras badass super boring yeah um methodical right and then you had like you your jim courier who's like kind of on in between and then you had um agassi who was just like in your face so uh that's a that's a, when you have that that's one it's easy to market so I'll tell the stories especially like um jim and uh and andre were both out of the voluntary academy and the whole nick sitting in in jim's box during the tourney and like kind of like you're supposed to be in my box and it's like come on <laughs> yeah and then that that was then the beginning of the end for them. Um, but you know, it, when you have that, when you have that opportunity, I, I think Nike really sees that they need to figure figure out how to use today's players like the the TFOs and and, and uh, Curios. They they tried to do something with Nick with the uh, the Kyrie crossover. Yeah, and, but yep. but that I, I honestly I I think it ended up on the um in the, in the outlets. So uh, I, I I don't know. Like the they they did a pretty good job trying to push the capsule, the thirty year capsule of the uh, the the challenge court. I think um, I guess you can't see it. Um, the flaming tennis ball, the the US yep. Open, uh, nineteen ninety. So. And it is, it's cool. Um, I actually got to connect with Tom Andrich, who's the guy who designed the, the logo. So That's awesome. Um, we have a little tennis group, and uh, got to um, he joined a little, the, you know, the, the group track. So. Yeah. It's pretty cool to pick his brain, him and him and Wilson Smith. I mean, they're, they're great, great to pick their brain. You know? Yeah, that's super awesome, man. I mean, that's just, like, stuff that you could never even 
fathom as a kid being a fan of these shoes too that's like the thing that i love about it right it's like you can literally find someone on instagram or facebook or twitter or whatever what, pick your you know your uh social media vice and you can find people that are like totally accessible because it's just like standard that everybody's at least somewhat out there and like especially when you're passionate about it and have knowledge about it and come at it in a you know a, you know an appropriate way most people are want to talk about it right because it's something that they're proud that they did 20 or 30 years 40 years ago so um it, it's interesting though so like thinking about like the you know the mac attack and that whole thing with like lebron and and travis like do you think that like the the younger generation is going to want to buy those shoes again like down the road like are they going to retro a mac attack in 20 years and be like remember travis wore these remember lebron wore these in the tunnel because i think that's a that's the weirdest part for me as a as a like guy that works in marketing like i feel like you're almost cutting off the the the, the supply of like you know the the money well, the, the, the longevity run. of the story right the longevity yeah. of the story is, is only as long as lebron is, is is really in the tunnel and and regularly visible or travis scott is putting out music um yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the true history will live and will continue and carry on in perpetuity, and you can't change that. But tw- yeah, twenty years from now, when when I don't know, I'm I don't, I don't know if, if if they'll be relevant then. Maybe they will. Um, but you're, you're, that's that's a bigger gamble, I, I would say, in, in, in yeah. my in my estimation. Like, you sell the story of of you cannot be serious. You know, it's that. Yeah. That's, I'm you know, yeah. those um, transcendent moments in sports. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and and I almost feel like, you know, I, I think of like that. Uh, you know that. The, I mean, they did to to give them credit. I, I feel like I'm, I'm I sound like a hater right now, but like it's mostly just because I miss a lot of these things that happened when I was a kid. But like they did, they did redo, recreate that uh, that New York City uh commercial right i don't know if that that was probably like five years ago now it's probably at least that they did that um which uh, i thought was really cool that they actually like got everybody together and kind of you know yeah shut down you're the city talking about that. um you're talking about the um steal the show event in new york yep yep yeah for the u.s open um so yeah they did that and they tried to and, and it's funny you bring that up because um the original Gorilla Tennis commercial, which was supposed to be in New York, was actually filmed in San Francisco, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, knew, people I, I like, knew you. I knew you knew that, so I was setting it up for right. you. That, that's, I mean, that's that's the best. But uh, yeah, like um, I want to say they had uh, was like Federer and. I think Sharapova was still on staff. Yeah, I think so, yeah. She's still active, and Venus, and uh, Rafa. You can hold me to this. At the end of the day, end of their careers, Rafa's going to be greatest of all time. He's going to surpass bigger. Um, I think so, too. That's my thing. Yeah, that was a a pretty cool experience, and and especially considering how at some points, the relationship with Agassi and Pete were 
kind of icy. There was one of the exhibition tournaments where they kind of they kind of got into each other, and yeah, that wasn't pretty. I mean, it was in a public forum too. So yep. But, I mean, I think that just goes to show, like, you know, the competitiveness of them, right? Like, you're talking like this is your arch rival for years, basically, right? Like, you know, it, it, I think like as much as like you don't want to see it get to the point where you're talking about where it was like, eh, you probably don't want to get that far. You also kind yeah. of you kind of want to know that that competitiveness is real and still bubbling under the surface as a fan, because because yeah. like you picked your sides, right? Like. I mean, I had friends in high school that were, you know, that were like, I would say came from more tennis family background where like, I didn't have any connection to tennis at all. Other than like, I just played with my brother at the school in our off times when, when we could. And like, you know, we started watching because of that. Right. But like, they kind of landed on the Sampras side. I was just like, he's boring. You know, like, I mean, he's great. Yes, of course. But it's like, you know, it's like any sport, right? Like, you know, you want to see the fundamentals because it wins in so many ways, but you also want to just see the rock stars out there that are like, you know, bat flipping or, you know, like I go back to like the giants and like, you know, Tim Lincecum and Brian Wilson and like that, just like crazy energy that they bring to the game to me is always like enjoyable. It's, it's a plus if you can win with that energy, but you know, it's always, a, it's always a back and forth, but in, in giants, in giants terms, it's it's the Bumgarner and, and Puig dynamic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bumgarner is just super boring, super <laughs> yep. methodical, but Puig just wants to toss his bat and fight people. <laughs> yep, yep, definitely. Yeah. So, I, what do you think about like you know? I wanna I wanna jump to some of the Federer stuff, but we'll get back into the Agassi stuff because the one thing that I've been fascinated by with the Federer stuff. I mean, obviously, up until the last couple of years with him, you know jumping ship from Nike. I thought it was interesting that they tried to do all of those, you know, black cement tie-ins, Jordan one tie-ins, like all the, like, the, I think it's like the vapor, the nine, yeah, the, the vapor, nine, the vapor AJ three. Yeah. The AJ threes. And, and then they end up doing like oh. foam posits and like all these other, like, I mean, I, I appreciate that they're trying, but as somebody who lands more on the tennis side of this, does that appeal to you at all? So I have the phone posits. I bought the, um, the chili red or whatever they are, whatever red it is, the, um, air max 95 ones. And I have the, uh, neon yellow, uh, air max 95, uh, collab or mashup, whatever. Um, I like them for, the purpose of wearing but i wouldn't wear them on court i know people who do wear them on court um and uh, the aj3 obviously it was like the trying to build them up as like the goat you know um, yep. and it because it was featured on uh ballers and the in the credits of ballers you know obviously i got a little bit more love um but you know it's what were they trying to do? I, I don't know because it, I don't think they really they could have done much more. Is, is, is the yeah the real thing? I mean, like they could have really like brought an awareness back to tennis by bridging that using that as a bridge, um, and then creating that rivalry, so to speak, 
played at Rafa and uh, and Federer um, rivalry a, a lot more. It, it's hard in the United States because they're not Americans, right? So that yeah. we, we don't we weren't like us as Americans. We're not going to relate to the players as intimately because you know, they're from Switzerland and yep. Spain. So I say. Um, but I think I think like uh, they're trying to do a push with with Rafa and, and whatever years he has left. I mean, he's got four, maybe three. Yeah, uh, super pioneers. Um, so I, I mean, I, I I don't I don't know. Like to be honest, I, I Federer didn't really do anything for me. Like he didn't make me want to watch tennis. Yeah, I mean, there's earlier years when he was a little bit more of a hothead, but he, yeah. I, I want to watch Rafa because he's exciting. Right? But, um, but I want to see what Curios will do, you know, like fight somebody or ride around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so how... and say it slip out of his hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So how how did you feel about um man I guess it's 20 maybe 2013 when they did the uh the Wimbledon Tech Challenge 2 they started to try to do like I think they did a clay version yeah. uh so they did the 2013 they did the US Open Wimbledon and rolled it into the Australian Open the following year, they skipped the French, and then the second series was all four. Um, so, hands down, those are some of the best retro techs ever made. I've ever seen. I mean, like the materials are just like super plush. The leather is just like amazingly soft, and just you could. I don't know, people sit and sniff their sneakers and you could yeah it's you could sniff it all day i mean it's just they're, they're, it's amazing um i have a pair of the u.s opens that i wear um and they're just so comfortable um they have a terry cloth uh, lining yep. and yeah it's just, it's just yeah yeah and then and I, what's funny is i think it was 14 or 15 that that was the last year that Nike had their booth at this. So, yeah. Yeah. And they pulled their booth. Um, and so it was, it, it was unfortunate. I, I think at, at that transition point, like they didn't see the money. They didn't see the, the value in, in, in spending all that stuff. I mean, you think about that period, like 15 to 19, you know, they're focused a lot on the, the, what is it, the, the, the bespoke stuff in New York? Yep. Um, you know, like they're pushing on the water screen stuff. Um, they just had their efforts in, in other areas. Um, and, you know, tennis, you know, as much as, as Serena has an amazing game and has been an amazing uh, player and, and um, ambassador for sport and, and social awareness um i just don't think like it translated to a lot of sales 
uh, sneaker sales, especially on the, in the male category. Right? They didn't really trans- transition over. Um, they didn't carry over. So um, I think they, they tried to get, you know, with uh, when um, Virgil did a couple of shoes for her. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, I get back to what I say. I mean, nobody cares about tennis. It's crazy too, because like, I feel like, I feel like there's still like huge opportunity there though. Right. Like if, if you can, if you can get people like literally people talking about a Mac attack, like, like you said, nobody's talked about that shoe outside of like guys like you or like me and Russ Bankston talking about it, you know, like, like, like it's just not a shoe. It's a special shoe, but it's, to me, it's one of those shoes that like, I don't even want it to be retro. Right. Like i I, if I wanted a pair, I'd want to find an original just to be like, Hey, this is a piece of history that I want to preserve and like sit on the wall and have that story to tell. Right. Yeah. But I remember, I remember Russ even said that too. He was like, hope never... Yeah. I'm, I'm with you too. I mean, like I, I, would I go out and buy a retro? I'd consider it, but would I rather have an OG? Absolutely. Hands yeah. Down. I... Yep. Hands down. And, and it's interesting because like the, you know, thinking about like when they, when they were doing the booths, they did the, you know, like, I think that first, I think the Wimbledon one was the first one, right? Yes. 20, 2013. Yes. And that was mm-hmm. like, like, you know, when I saw those in hand, I was just like, oh man, like this, this could be the thing that actually makes this super important again. Right. Because it was like next level quality. And, yes. and I just thought that like that that would be like the, uh, I just thought that would be like the kind of shift back towards tennis because it was also like in a time, like for myself, I was actually living in New York, uh, you know, just prior to that. And Russ and I would literally be walking around the city, you know, going to like Paragon and like looking at, I mean, I remember buying a pair of, uh, I've got like a pair of Babolats that like, I'm, I'm not playing tennis, but I have a pair because I just thought they were cool. And, you know, I've got some of those, uh, I forget what Rafa was wearing in that era, but like, I've got a couple of those random ones. Yeah. Like that's the, the ballistic. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, this thing is like amazing. The leather is just super soft, the terry cloth lining. Too bad I don't say drifting on the, the toe. Um, but yeah, like they, they had a great opportunity here to kind of revitalize the line. Um, we tell the story using these their their label is um their tech challenge to sp and from what i understand sp stands for special projects with the uh, nike labeling so um obviously the the wimbledon one was only available at um wimbledon and then the us open one was i think at mercer and and at and at, um, at flushing so yeah i, I remember think- that right I think like some, I can't remember who, but like the pair that I was not my pair, but like the pair that I got to like take pictures of and stuff back then, there's like one random site that got it, you know, and it was like, if you weren't on at the time and this is before everybody was going to sneakers for everything, right? This is like, yeah, you gotta be on what site? Like, do they actually take us dollars? Like at that point, like, you know, like, is there a conversion? Like how, how does this all work? Cause like, you just weren't thinking about that stuff, 
um, now where it's like everybody has all that stuff built into their sites and Shopify takes care of it. So like, even when you're, you know, even when you're ordering from France, like you're paying in us dollars and, you know, at least until we start paying for everything in Bitcoin. Right. But, <laughs> um, so I guess like, let's go back to like the, the Agassi line. Cause we've had a bunch of people ask about the Agassi line and like, you know, doing an episode on it. And I think like at some point I would love to even have you involved in like, get like a little bit deeper into every release throughout his career maybe but like for you where what do you think what the the progression of the line like where where's your favorite kind of your favorite shoes personally whether to play in just like you know aesthetically but also like what are some of the things that you think could have like could have could have continued on in from that you know like through like a you know i think of like the way they've done basketball shoes right like we still get like like i mean jordan's still getting signature shoes but they've tried to bring back penny signature shoes in like various you know forms of foam posit and penny five six whatever and like they, they it seems like everybody tries to do this i'm wondering why like we haven't seen it with agassi yeah so, let's see. The favorite, the favorite era, the favorite part of the Agassi series was probably the AirTech Challenge to through the Challenge LWP in 1995. Finished high school and then kind of just gave up tennis for playing tennis for 20 years. Um, could they have? Gone, kept going like like say it was like a numbered Jordan. Um, I, I don't think so, I, but I, I think it's kind of like a blessing because it makes the prime years that much more special. I mean, like the Air Jordan after fourteen, um, really kind of I felt like it it wasn't as special and then after he retired in 01 was it 01 or 02 um everything after that was just like okay it, it just became like a gimmick like what yeah. can you they're using that platform to push the next Nike innovation not really like tying it to Michael and, and and his accomplishment that year or his car or some sort of like historical moment and then they tried to do that with the 30 and then with a 31 where they start using elements from the one two three four five it's up to the 35 now um but again i i still feel that the shoe is more like about pushing the tech than pushing the, the story so yeah um, i i definitely think you know like one two fourteen one through one two eleven is special and i don't really like 12, 13, <laughs> but I'm not a Jordan guy, so you know, yeah, people will flame me for that. But, um, you know, like that—that's why I'm saying. So the Air Tech Challenge one through four, hands down, um, the Tech Challenge line, um, the, the, the LWP. I, I pulled some. I pulled some shoes. Um, So 
So and I got I got I got a treat I got a treat for you one of your personal favorites after. All right, all right, I'm ready. So <laughs> I know you and I. So uh, you know the the tech challenge too. This is the original one. Dorothy on the front. Um, I mean, how can you how can you beat that? Right? I mean, this is like. Yeah. And then Le- we're, LeBron we're, did, wears the black version. You know. Yeah, I was going to say, did did you get the black version on the retro? I did. I did. I was nice. able to get three. Um, it's funny because one of these uh, one of these pairs came from a, a good friend of mine in Brooklyn. He was at I want to say Kiff. I want to say it was Kiff. But he's like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for an 11, but she used to have a 9. She used to have a 9. And they had a 9. I said, okay, just grab it. Send it to me. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, this is a guy that I've, I've known for a few years. Um, and, uh, you know, we met two sneakers. We met through, you know, everything through Instagram these days. But we developed, like, this really good relationship. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's over shoes, you know. And, yep. and, you know, we send each other. He sent his kids like birthday presents, and I sent him some shoes. He sent me some shoes, sent me some books. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's one of those things. Um, Air Tech Challenge Four uh, was retroed in 2016. Pissed off a lot of people because it never <laughs> hit the United States. 2016, yeah. European release only. Um, this is probably one of my favorite like shoes to play in. Um, I the black toe was just, uh, was just. It's a different way of saying like F you to the country club because everything you know, like it's yeah. not a white shoe and it's always white and grays. So yeah, this one. Um and then I pulled this guy, which is the, the other alternate color, it's the marina blue. Um that, that that's one of my favorites. Four. Yep. Yeah. And it and it pairs well with um I didn't pull the Supreme Court. But uh, it pairs well because the Supreme Court was the um, Jim Courier line. And so you had the Agassian and Courier. So I put a different Courier. This is the Resistance. The Kevlar Toe. Yep. This is one of those this is one of those pairs that had a six month warranty and yeah. people just destroy these. <laughs> um yeah. court, you know, Kevlar. It's pretty cool. Um, oh yeah. So funny thing, funny thing with this pair is I got it off of eBay. Nobody was paying attention to them. And it came from Minnesota. And then the lady who sold it to me, the last name was Wheaton. And so I'm like, huh, Minnesota, Wheaton. So I messaged her back, said, so by any chance are you related to David Wheaton? So yeah, it's my brother-in-law. And I guess these were from his stash. That's so, so I mean, awesome, that's a pretty man. cool story. You know? Yep. And you can't beat that. And that's, you know, you go back to the water, you know, it's water, what you, what you, you know, the energy with the stories and all that. Yep. How do you beat that? I mean, like, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> yep. So, that's so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, um, and, you know, David Wheaton was by, no one special by, by any means. I mean, he was a Nike athlete, he was a pro tennis player, but I mean, like, he wasn't on that level. Yeah. But it's still, like, pretty cool to see you know, his name attached to something or, or finding out that his name is attached. To yeah, for sure, man. For yeah. sure. And then, um, and then, uh, going back to the gorilla tennis thing, you said, so this was, uh, Sampras. Oh yeah. Sampras' yep. shoe, Air Max 2 Spa, has the five, five, uh, five PSI, 25 in a big bubble. 
Um, this was the um, 95, so I guess he was wearing the uh, LWP and, and Chappers was supposed to be wearing those, but you know, he had that weird thing with Mikey. And there's a lot of story with the, uh, very particular with his shoes. And yeah, he yep. Swoosh over the Wilsons and the Takinis. And um, finally got tricked into wearing the Oscillate by Tinker. <laughs> basketball, you know. Yeah. It was, it was, like, that's, that, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the story, that, that story is going to live forever. Yeah. The story of LeBron wearing an AirTech Challenge in for whatever reason, right? Because th- that story was never told. Like, maybe LeBron wanted to wear it because of it, something about the Agassi story connected to his story. And, you know, because, yep. I mean, they did the LeBron 16, the, the, the LeBron watch, right? Yeah, yeah. And they did the, 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 the lava. And alongside it, they did the AirTech Challenge um, retro. But, you know, like, like that was never defined and that's the story that they could have used to bridge and carry on and so now you have like these two stories to carry on into perpetuity versus this was Agassi in 1990 French Open finals the next big thing loses in the finals but looks amazing in his crazy outfit and spandex shorts and then you have LeBron in a tunnel <laughs> you know it's like yeah, yep. you missed an op dude yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy too because like I just think of like you know that so so yeah the this the Pete Sampras story right like just so for people that haven't heard that like my understanding of it is that Pete basically didn't want to change he didn't want to wear anything but his old Wilsons essentially and you know that older style eighties shoe right like that's what he preferred he was very simple. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, like at some point along the way, I, I guess what year would that be? Like, is that 95 then that he's wearing that? Like, no, cause that's a 90, little bit prior to that. I want to say the oscillate dropped 97. So, so that's after the shoe. So, so yeah. yeah and, so uh, like I, that timeline doesn't line up for, for me. I don't remember it well enough, but, yeah, but basically I, Tinker, I, Tinker got him to play in a shoe, play basketball in a shoe. Yep. And that was what got him to actually play in a modern era Nike shoe for that, for that time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so yep. bananas. Yep. You're getting paid by Nike and you don't want to play in like, it's just like mind boggling yeah. to me, but I also love that commitment. Like I just, I'd want to shake Pete's hand just for that. <laughs> he, he's definitely a creature habit. I mean, uh, Rafa's the same way. He's still playing yeah. in his, um, He's still playing in his uh, Zoom Cage 3s. Yep. Um, and, you know, like, Sampras and his racket had to be yeah. that racket from that factory. You know, it's like, um, creatures of habit. And, and you know, he, he, I want to say that there was um, one of the Air Maxes where he, I think he sprained his ankle pretty bad. And that's when he said, I'm not doing this. Yeah, my, I never had this problem with my Wilsons, Takinis. Yep, I'm going back. So, um, yeah, you know that. Like, I love that kind of stuff. You know, like the, the the random sports history, but not so random. I mean, like like you know it, I know it. Like, you know, but but not, to your point, right? Like the 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 story, the like the story isn't connected, right? Like there's so many of those in tennis specifically, where it's just there's no like like 
how come you haven't how come LeBron and like you're you're making a shoe for LeBron in a color that is everyone that's going to buy that shoe knows it's because of Agassi. Like that's the color, you know, like why not elevate that story? Why not put those two guys together and and like make a big deal about it because that's what's going to bridge the gap like you were saying, right? And I think that's like I mean, one of the things that's just missing always in in the tennis side, right? Like I don't know. Yeah, and, and I mean, like even go back a few years, they they had the the trout shoe. The trout had the um, the trout trainer or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. But they all had the 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 same design cue, you know, like the the lava splattering. It was like okay, another opportunity. I mean, like no one was bigger than trout at the time. I mean, even yeah. now, trout's still like the man, but you have these opportunities to you know, even have a baseball player sell shoes. You know, like, um, they, 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 they're missing some opportunities. I think that the, the real value is, is creating those perpetual stories, not just having the moment. You know, and that's, that's what a lot of um, social media is these days, has, has created. It's just a moment. And, the moment doesn't really mean anything or like impact you outside of that. And you need to have that broader uh, impact and, and longer lasting impact. And it can't just be like, Hey, I bought a shoe. Here it is. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the one thing that like Russ said, you know, uh, like in that interview months back where he just said, you know, we've gotten to this point where like the important part of the new consumer's journey with a sneaker is is the point of purchase where it was never that for us as kids because you wanted to go play in it right like i had no i had no thought of i'm gonna keep these nice and clean or i'm gonna you know i wanted them clean and i would clean them after i went and did what i needed to do but like i was gonna go play basketball i was gonna go skate i was gonna go play tennis like in every shoe that i ever got right I guess partially because like it was the one shoe a year thing like that, you know, as a kid that my parents, you know, we just didn't have the money for it. So it was like, if I got anything that I was going to do everything in it anyway, but I don't know. It's kind of interesting though, because the other part of that to me is like thinking about Agassi and like, he obviously fully embraced everything about like, you know, the way they approached his, his line of shoes, his apparel, all that stuff was so, I mean, I think of like the, uh, I think my brother got a pair of, of the LWPs, right? And like at that time, I had I had started working, you know, I'm probably like, let's see, I'm probably like 14. Um, but I was working, I bought a pair of Lombastes, which was like the LWP takedown back then. Yep. It was because it's the only thing I could afford. But like, I basically bought those, bought the black with the blue swoosh matching socks because like, you know, watching a guy like Agassi, like you wanted, you wanted the, I mean, I'm not a person that wears much Brown, but I would absolutely want that Brown white striped shirt from back in the day, because that was just a part of it. Like you just saw that whole look and feel and was like, okay, this is what I, what it is. Um, but it's interesting because like, I think about like some of the other models that he wore and like, is it the, um, I think it's the first Zoom challenge was the one that like John Stockton wore in the NBA, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is is crazy to think now. Like 
I'm sure a lot of the younger listeners probably would never think that a, a an NBA athlete is going to wear a shoe that's designed for a tennis player. But like that's how big Agassi was and I think by you know at least from my perspective for, by him embracing that kind of almost like the polar opposite of Pete, right? Like where Sampras is like you know kind of just stick with what's working and I want to be comfortable and I want to know that this is going to be dependable from the exact same place. It's almost like Agassi was like every time out, it was going to be a whole different presentation. It was going to be like a whole different moment. It's been a pleasure talking to you, man. I, I obviously appreciate you and um, definitely make sure you follow Andrew. Um, and yeah, like to go dig through some of those posts on his account because there's some, some, some incredible knowledge on there. So uh, thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you And we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.